Welcome, welcome to Creativity in Focus, a live video podcast where every week we interview an artist, talk about art, and, and see, I found you, and we, we also talk about the business side of art. Isn't that cool? Today we have a very special guest, but before we go there, I have a few announcements for you. Uh, actually, more requests than announcements. If you're watching this right at the beginning while we are live, can you please take a second and share this video? This video is content only. We are not going to sell or promote anything. So you are safe to share on groups. You're safe to, sh to share on your profile, whatever you want. And if you're watching this in any of the social media platforms, please give us a like or hearts or whatever they offer there. Give us as long as it's positive. And we really appreciate that because that's how social media platforms decide if they show a video to more people or not. So by taking that extra second makes a huge difference for us. And we can keep coming every week and talking to you about art. The other thing is we are live for a very good reason. We love interaction and we love questions. So whatever you're watching, there is either a chat box or a comment box below the video or beside the video. We are, we are in many different places, so look for that comment box or chat box, whatever you're watching, and that's the right place for you to submit a comment or a question to my special guest. And I, I am 100% sure that you are going to have some very good questions for her because the topic is very exciting. It's about growth mindset. How do we move ahead in whatever you are doing? You may be an artist that you do this just for yourself, or you are a hobbyist in your art, or you want to take it to the next step and create a business around that. And whatever you are, of course, you hit some blocks every now and then, right? It's not as easy uh, as sometimes people portray that to you because you know, you can be your best friend or your best enemy. So sometimes we block ourselves from things. This is the topic today. And I think for me, at least it's extremely exciting. My guest today is business breakthrough specialist, Annette Piper. Welcome, Annette. Thanks, Shahar. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Hello, everyone. Yeah. So, Annette, I've known you for many years, but for those that are seeing you for the first time, tell me a little bit about you and what you do. Well, thanks for that question. I am a business breakthrough specialist, as Shahar said. I do a lot of things with businesses. So I teach them how to, first of all, get out of their own way. Mm -hmm. Because anytime you're growing a business or you're trying to grow in anything in life, you usually sabotage yourself in that growth process. So the first thing I like to do is help people get out of their own way. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we can work on the strategies that they can implement into their life so that they can move in the direction they want to go. And, and most of the time it's going hand in hand. You're doing both at the same time because you, you take a strategy, you move forward, and then you hit a block. Mm -hmm. And then you have to do some of the self-sabotage, the mindset work so you can get through that block and keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. I love what I do. I've been doing this kind of work, uh, business coaching, mindset coaching, lifestyle and fitness coaching, since 2002, uh -huh. so it really is my passion and my purpose in life to help people get to where they want to go. So let's talk about how do you get where you want to go. And again, we all are moving many times in different directions, right? I just want to follow a passion or I want to go into business and I don't know. And it's very easy to blame the outside, right? The economy is not good enough or people don't have money or whatever excuse you want to find for that. And don't get me wrong, there are many things that you need to take care 
For example, the marketing piece, if you're going into business, that cannot be uh, left alone. But most of the time, Annette, is like you said, we, we move a little bit and we stop, or even worse, right? We move a little bit and then it looks like we are going backwards. Why, why does that happen? Well, I think, first of all, we, don't, we need to have clarity. You've really got to get intentional and discover, you know, where exactly is where I want to go. Mm -hmm. You know, what's that place? Is it, um, I want to make this much money in my business. I want to sell this many pieces of art. Um, I want to find a new relationship. I, you know, mm -hmm. you've got to get very clear on what it is that you're working towards because, you know, growth is intentional. I mean, we, we grow unintentionally mm -hmm. sometimes. Life throws something at us and we're forced to grow. But it's much easier to grow when we're intentional rather than being hit upside the head with the cosmic two by four mm -hmm. and being forced to grow. So first is clarity and really getting clear where we want to go. And you are going to have two steps forward, one step back. What you want to avoid is one step forward, two steps back. <laughs> because that, that doesn't keep you going for that all. So guys, write that down because you will want to remember this. Even though this podcast stays whatever you're watching and you can rewatch as many times as you want. But the first step is having clarity. And write this nugget down. Growth is intentional. I think that's very important because a lot of... Uh, my, my, my sister, for example, she, she has her Skype account and you can put a saying there. And one thing she puts there, she's, she's been there for years, letting life take me. And you have no clue how much that saying doesn't jive with me. <laughs> because I, I have a thing, I, I love the mind as I know you do. We both study mind and behavior a lot. But it's this thing that allowing things to happen to you instead of you, uh, you know, being responsible and doing what you have to do to get someplace. Do you agree with that or not? I absolutely agree with that. And even when life happens to you, mm -hmm. you still are responsible for your response there. It's called response ability. Mm -hmm. And so you are responsible for that result, uh, how, how you take what happened in your life and what you make of it. You can be a victim or you can be a victor. And so it's up to you. And then again, it's clarity. Something happens in life, you're not moving forward. Uh, you know, you, you got some big financial bill that showed up out of nowhere and hit you upside the head. You respond to it. Sure, you can have your little victim moment. You know, everybody needs to have a, a little pity bit, party. Right? Because we need a hug. <laughs> yeah, I always say, you know, it's okay to have a pity party. Just don't set up your tents and stake it down and invite your friends and family. <laughs> you just, you know, give your five, yourself five minutes to rant and rave and, you know, get upset and then decide what you want instead, how you want to deal with it, where you want to go, so that you can start moving forward from that situation. Mm-hmm. We have Charlotte here, and she's an amazing weaver, by the way. And she's saying hi. And don't forget, guys, you have a chat box or a comment box, whatever you're watching. Use this uh, really to consult with Annette, right? Because it's sometimes one little thing that we can get from a, an expert can change how we behave on everything. I remember I have a, a good friend that 
we talk every week, and the other day we were talking about responsibility. And he was saying, you are responsible for 100% of things that happen in your life. And I went, oh yeah, sure, because I, I got hit the other day by two cars in the back, and you're going to say, I am responsible for that. I was hit, I didn't hit anybody. And he said, oh yes, because you could have chosen the other lane, but you didn't. And what? Why this conversation was important to me is that if I take responsibility about everything that happens in my life, I can change things. But if it's somebody else's fault, then it's not on me, so I don't have to change. And, and people are resistant to change, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. We get in what's called our familiar zone. I don't like to call it the comfort zone because mm -hmm. a lot of times we're not comfortable there at all. We're miserable, but we're familiar. It's like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so we are resistant to change because change takes us out of that familiar zone or out of our comfort zone. And we have to do something different than what we're doing. We don't know what the results of that are gonna be, but we know the results of what's going on even if it sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, So and, we don't want to change when it sucks and we are used to that, we, we're familiar there say, that's okay. I we know, know how, how to navigate this. Yeah, right? we know how to manage that. that yes. Isn't that sad? It's very Because we sad. all do that, right? Yeah. I think you have to create some exercise, some rituals for yourself in order to get out of that. You do. Yeah, but you said you, you you talked about change, and during lunch today we were talking, uh, Nashville and I were talking about how we see how people. It, it seems to us that they are less and less proactive when they face a problem. It's like there is a problem in front of you, and you, I don't know what to do. Somebody rescue me. Do you see that as well, or? Do you live in a different world? No, <laughs> no, I see it as well. But the problem is when we don't handle that problem, when we see the problem and we just kind of ignore it and hope it goes away, that's when the cosmic two by four comes in and hits us upside the head and we're forced to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And it's usually a lot worse than if we would have dealt with it in the first place. Mm -hmm. So as an example, um, you're in a relationship that there's a problem with the relationship and instead of confronting that, you kind of ignore it and ignore it, kind of skirt around it, maybe have a few fights about it, and then all of a sudden it's, it's a major disaster in your relationship, divorce, whatever. Um, and now you have to deal with that. Yeah, so it. now you have to deal with the big stuff when maybe if you would have dealt with it while it was small and not been afraid mm -hmm. uh, and resisted that, then it, it probably could have been solved. Mm -hmm. uh, I have Charlotte saying great topic, Terry saying hi, and Gabby saying, but how do we leave that familiar zone when we are stuck in it? Great question. You know what, that's where getting a coach comes in really mm -hmm. handy because it's hard to move forward on your own. It takes a lot of, a lot of energy. It's like um, when you launch a rocket or a missile, all the energy is in the takeoff. Once you're in the air, you know, then you're just kind of guiding along, but that takeoff takes a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. So it's great to have a support system and someone that can kind of guide you through the changes and also call you on your stuff mm -hmm. when they catch you being stuck because we can't see our own blind spots. Mm -hmm. And so and it's helpful to have someone that can that guide can us through that. And you were also emotionally involved. 
right? Exactly. And that doesn't help you. Uh, it's like if you watch any TV show with cops, for example. Uh, if the cop gets emotionally involved, he knew who was murdered or, or something, uh, the first thing they do is remove that cop from the case, right? Because if you're too emotionally involved with something you cannot see clearly, and your first step was clarity, right? Mm -hmm. But what if I can't afford a coach? What can I do? Well, there's a lot of free resources online. I mean, mm -hmm. you can Google just about anything or, you know, do a web search and find just about anything online and get started that way. Watch videos. Mm -hmm. But the first thing you need to do is when you find you're stuck is you've got to make the decision to get unstuck. You've got to draw a line in the sand. You've got to say, okay, I'm done with this. No more. Because otherwise you'll just kind of skirt around it and you, you don't get serious about it. So a, a decision has to be made. Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to stay where I'm at and just, you know, be miserable or live with whatever it is I've got? Or am I going to change? Mm -hmm. And so it, it starts with the decision. Everything always starts with the decision and a commitment to change. So we have clarity, decision and commitment as the steps that you have to write down. And don't forget, growth is intentional, right? It's not just gonna happen to us. Exactly, so as an example, my son smokes and he wants to stop smoking. Mm -hmm. And he's like, why does it have to be so hard? And the, the reason it's so hard is he's resisting quitting. He, he wants to quit, but he's resisting mm -hmm. the discomfort he's gonna experience going without the cigarettes, and I said, I said to him, it comes to just making that decision to do it, committing to do it no matter what, and once you make that commitment, and you're, you're much more likely not to fall backwards mm -hmm. into the habit. But the, the pain actually comes in the resistance. Once you move through that resistance and step on the other side, yeah, you, it's the unknown, you don't know what's gonna happen, but once you've stepped over that threshold, then all that pain from the resistance, all that avoidance mm -hmm. that just makes you mentally nuts disappears and you are stepping forward in your life and yes. it's so much better. And, and there's a resistance, it, it is also your brain because it wants to, you, for, for you the brain wants you safe and safe is whatever situation you're in. Nashla uses a, a great analogy and actually think she learned that from you, that she said that our brain is much like the, the thermostat we have at home. You program at the beginning of each season, let's say you put it at 72 degrees, and, and then it may get a little colder, but what happens? As it gets cold, it triggers the thermostat and it goes up again, or vice versa, right? So we tend to behave like that too. We, we are set in that 72, we try something and we try a diet, right? That, that example uh, is very clear in itself. Comes December, you start a diet. Comes March, diet is over. Because actually you're going to go back to what you know it's normal for you. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I have a few more comments here, Gabby. I like that. The pain comes on the resistance. So let's write that down too. Uh, this thought process helped me to commit. And committing, I think, is really crucial for, if, to... to allow any change in our lives, right? I'm going to stick to this no matter what. Whenever I make a change in my life and I talk about that commitment, I actually sign a contract mm -hmm. for myself because there's something about a contract and signing your name. I mean, just think about when you sign a contract to buy a home mm -hmm. or to buy a car, once you sign your name, it's a done deal. 
So write yourself a contract and sign your name to it and date it and hang it where you can see it. I think that's a fantastic idea because we, we tend to be very critical with everybody, right? If somebody tells you, I'm going to do this, you expect them to do that on a certain date. But when it comes to us, we bring all these excuses that it's okay to not do it. But if we treat, no, I sign my contract with myself, so I have to respect that, it changes everything. Exactly, because when you don't respect that contract, when you dishonor that contract, it drains your energy. It drains your psychic energy, it drains your physical energy, because you know, you know that you just- You're cheating on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Terry Morrison saying, a coach also has your best interest in mind. They want to see you be successful. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's the beauty of coaching. Mm -hmm. If you're not successful, a coach isn't successful. No. So they absolutely have your best interest in mind. They want to see you move forward. There, there is the analogy that you have the, the, what's the term for that? It's like the black spot. It, there is a certain part of yourself that you don't see. So it's like bad breath. You're the last person to notice you have that, right? Exactly. And we all have that. So we need a, a pair of fresh eyes to be able to pinpoint what you cannot see. Exactly. I call it the blind spot. The you know, when, spot. You, when you're driving down the street and you go to change lanes and you start moving over and there's a car that was in your blind spot uh -huh. that you didn't see. We all have that. We have this blind spot right here. Habits, behaviors, attitudes that we don't see because... You know, it's our zone, it's what we're comfortable with, uh -huh. yet it may be stopping us from moving forward. So this is where um, a coach or an accountability partner, and you gotta find the right person. You gotta mm -hmm. find someone that's willing to call you on your stuff. There's a lot of people that are afraid of conflict, and so they'll just tell you what they think they want you to hear, mm -hmm. which doesn't help you move forward. You need yeah. someone to say, hey, wait a minute, that's mm -hmm. a bunch of crap. <laughs> That's why I loved being a consultant. <laughs> no, really, because you see things, they're not, with us, it was always the same uh, process. They would come thinking they needed marketing or social media, but when you start talking, you see all the other kinds of problems that need to come first, but they couldn't see. And then you call them on that. It's always fun from this side, for sure. Now, tell me one thing, before we, we go into the to-do, what can we do to change that? Uh, I also, we know we sabotage ourselves, we know we hit blocks all the time, but I don't think we are always aware of the potential we have as human beings. And I know you gave a course on Curious Mondo called Be the Miracle. So tell me a little bit about the potential we have that we also live in the blind spot many times. Yeah, well, we all have this great, great potential buried deep inside of us. And sometimes it's not buried. Maybe it's just right there on the surface, or maybe we're already tapping into that potential. But somewhere in our, in our childhood, uh, we were programmed to stay small, mm -hmm. to not be big, to not, you know, don't brag, don't be boisterous, who do you think you are? Yes. So we've had all of these things said to us by well-meaning people that had our best interest in mind, but they were only doing what they were programmed to mm -hmm. do. And so these, it's like a software program that's running in the back of our mind all the time. But software program can be changed. It can be rewritten. Rewritten. It can yeah. be downloaded, a new software program implanted in place. So there's a lot of tools that you can incorporate to start to install new programs 
into that software and replace some of that old conditioning. And it's not just things that people have said to us. It comes from experience. You know, maybe we fell down on the playground and some people were laughing at us. And so we started to get a complex and thinking we weren't, you know, good enough. And, you know, everybody's laughing at me. You know, it's amazing what our perceptions are of these meaningless little teeny events that they keep awake define our lives. Yes, yes. And, you know, Jumpo Sartre wrote a play, and one of the, the crucial lines on that play was that hell is really the eyes of the other, right? Because we give so much importance to that, and, and the fault is on us. Right? We give a, a lot of importance to what people think and what they say, and many comes from you know, being bullied and, and things like that, but you, you have to, to understand it can become hell if you live your life trying to belong to the group. And I think this will jive a lot with artists because uh, sometimes it's better not to belong to, to a specific group or find your own group in a different way. Exactly. And another thing on that line is when we're worried about what other people think of us, you know, that other person, they're not really thinking about you because they're worried about what other people are thinking about them. So so it's like a dead end, really. It it is. It is. And so be yourself. Be confident in who you are. Develop those confidence skills. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about what other people are thinking. You know, it's that saying, what you think of me and it's none of my business. Because it really isn't. You <laughs> can't change matter. someone's perception of you. Mm-hmm. They have to change it themselves. Yeah, that's a lost battle, right? Trying to prove you're not what you think they think you are. Exactly. <laughs> you don't even know. You're not even sure. And you talked about programming and how we were programmed. Uh, we are really programming a very tender age, right? I think it's up to five years old, if I'm it's, not wrong. It's between um, birth, well, I think it in, starts in the womb because our brain's mm-hmm. already forming, uh, to about eight years old. And about eight years old is when our, so we're, um, our unconscious mind is formed at that time. So everything comes into our unconscious mind and our conscious mind starts developing at age eight. And, you know, it's usually developed by age 13. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's when we start, that filter comes in when somebody says something to us or we see something or we witness something and we think, uh, ooh, you know what, that that doesn't make sense. That, you know, I think I'm gonna question that. But prior to that, everything comes in and goes right into the unconscious mind, which has no filter. So we just take it in as truth. Yes. And then it's, it's buried deep in there. And so we've got to make that decision to start, you know, uh, recognizing when we're acting in a, in a conditioned way or a programmed mm-hmm. way. And we have to police ourselves too when we are dealing with children as parents or grandparents. Because exactly when you say, oh, you're silly or you're stupid, and those things will sediment in that kid. And it's... Well, then they might be 20 years from now watching a podcast saying, how do I get out of that? And you add that to the fact that we go to school and nothing against the school and education. I'm a big proponent of education, but uh, 
it was created during the Industrial Revolution, right, to make people to go into factories. So it's a cookie cutter thing. It needs to change, and, and to, to a point it is changing. But we need to be aware that most of us grew up thinking. If you're in my generation, you really grew up hearing your parents say, get a good job, and a good job was either being a doctor or, or working in a bank and stayed there for 20 years. Right? That, that's how we were programmed. Just do what you have to do. Don't question anything. Yep. And, and then when we find ourselves like creative souls and creating and getting out of the box, we also see ourselves moving backwards all the time because we are fighting with that child that learned that, right? Exactly, exactly. And I do want to add one more thing to sure. that. Not all of our programming is bad. Sometimes no, in, yes. the, in the self-help, in the personal development field, you know, it sounds like all of our programming is bad, but it's not, you know. Be kind to others. Do unto others as you would like to have done unto you. Mm -hmm. You know, open the door. Help the old lady cross the street, you yes, know. Yes, so yes. there's a lot of programming that we got that is good. What we want to focus on is the, the stuff that's holding us back and moving forward with that. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Uh, Gabby is saying, I feel like sometimes my art is stunted because of what I think the others will think. What do you think they're going to think? That do you good, do that you is... like your art? Mm -hmm. Are you getting enough feedback from your art that other people think it's okay? Mm -hmm. And what do you think of it? It's a creative expression of yourself. That's the first and foremost thing that should matter. It's your creative expression. The right people are going to align with what you have. Mm -hmm. Great, great advice. I The other day, I changed my mind about that. It's all about mindset, right? Because, Gabby, me too, I used to, to start creating, always thinking, would people buy this? I, I mean, I have a business mindset I can't avoid, but the funny part is I rarely put anything I create to sell because I don't even have the time. But my mindset was always, would they buy? So worried about them. Until a few months ago, we interviewed Judy Elsley. She's a local artist. And we were talking about going, you know, in, as artists, going to multiple things. You do sculpting one day, fiber the other, and you, you blame yourself. You feel guilty that you're doing that. And she said, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. It's how you chose to tell your story today. So today you chose to tell a story quilting, the next day with whatever. And I took that at heart because now when I start creating, I really go, the starting point is how will I tell my story today? What is my story today? Today I'm feeling sad, something happened, and I'm going to express that. So I took the others out of the picture. Uh, and it changed everything. It, it did change. now, And I have more pleasure now doing because I'm not, you know, really thinking, would they buy if I mix green and blue? It doesn't matter anymore. Today, my story is green and blue. That's what's going to be. I don't care what people say. I love that. I love that. That's a great way to just start off your day. What's the story I'm going to create exactly. today? Yeah. Fantastic. And, and just go from there, mm -hmm. you know? Is it, like yesterday, it was my story was I had a migraine headache, and that was, you know, <laughs> that's, I, that's what I had to deal with, and I the did. The dark room was cozy. It was cold I, outside. I did the, the bits and pieces that I could do yesterday, and that was a story I created, and by evening, it was over, and mm -hmm. today's been a rock star day for me. So exactly. it was a whole different story today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great thing to live by because we take the guilt out of the picture as well. 
right? We, we spend the day blaming ourselves. I didn't say that right. I didn't look this way to the camera. I looked at the wrong, <laughs> well, I do that all day. Oh, I looked at the wrong camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, well, the, the problem is when we get into this habit, we go home and we go to sleep and we're still thinking about the, camera. <laughs> yeah, we're still rewinding everything yeah. in our mind, which is torture. <laughs> torture ourselves. To, uh, Gabby's saying, love it. I choose to tell my story through my art. Exactly. And, you know, believe that as an artist, you're impacting the world. Even if you make one person smile or cry, you're changing somebody's life. So it's way more important than you might think when you're creating. Uh, Patty Palassi, uh, Burry, I am happy what I do with the tutorials I watch, but I have a hard time visualizing my own ideas. Any suggestions? You know, visualizing can be really tricky and uh, for some people. Some people are really great at visualizing. You know, what I like to do, and I don't know if this will work for you or not, but I like to cut out pictures like on a vision board of you know, examples of things that I want to create. Maybe you could put like colors and designs. And I get on a mini tramp and jump, you know, kind of dance around on a power song and I have my eyes wide open looking at mm -hmm. what's on my vision board because sometimes I can't go into a visualization. I so I, I visualize with, with my eyes wide open and the song, this is my jam, is from, <laughs> is from The Greatest Showman, the song uh, Dreaming with, my, with Your Eyes Wide Open or mm. Come Alive and it says, I'm dreaming with my eyes wide open. That's what I have to do sometimes because closing my eyes and trying to visualize, sometimes it's really hard for me. Mm -hmm. So that vision board and bringing in the colors and sights and things that I wanna create and then doing some body movement on the mini tramp with the power song that, that's what does it for Puts me. Puts you up, yeah, and, and it does. Now, you, you mentioned visualizing, and you also mentioned saying how to, I choose to tell my story at the beginning of the day. So let's go about uh, what to do, things that we can implement in our lives. So you mentioned, I think one good point is not everybody uh, goes with the same thing. You said you have a hard time visualizing. I have a terrible time meditating. But I... I so I've been going towards hypnotist, and I also, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of that paraliminals. Mm -hmm. It's a type of uh, meditation with two voices mm -hmm. that, that goes well with all the voices in my, in my head. <laughs> but it's important to, to see what works for you, because even when you, you go into the to-dos, it may not resonate with you specifically, so you find your version of that. Exactly, and for some people, meditation is, is sitting there and breathing and, you know, they're, they're good to be there. For some people, it has to be a guided meditation because they can't be left alone with their own thought process. <laughs> no, it's very They've dangerous. got to have someone guide them through, and that's perfect, too. And there's a, a, there's a whole lot of apps that you can download on your phone mm -hmm. with little meditation things. And for some people, meditation is a movie meditation. It's a walk or doing some yoga poses. or You, you do. You have to find what works for you. There is no cookie-cutter approach approach yes. to growth and success. You, you find out what other people are doing, you try things on yourself, you create your own systems, what works for you, you share it with other people, let them take the pieces that work for them. And Yeah, we, we have, in the process of respecting ourselves, we need to respect how we behave as humans, right? And sometimes, for, for example, for me, uh, 
quantic physics, uh, having a, a scientific reason behind something that mm -hmm. I do matters a lot. That's why I like to study neuroscience uh, quite a bit, because I understand I can train my brain into something uh, different. My sister, for example, we were talking the other day on the phone, and she, she agrees with everything I say, but her take is karma or something more holistic or, you know, another line of thought. We both like the same thing, just for different reasons, right? So she believes in a lot of things I don't care about, but then I say, well, what really matters is that I can track this. And say, see, it's the same thing, but my personality is different than hers. I, my brain works in a different way, so I have to find my line, which is very similar to others, but, you know, that makes sense to me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Patty's saying, oh, I already uh, visualizing this, so I already read that. So let's go to the to-dos. What are a few things I can incorporate in my day that would help me stop self-sabotage and move forward? Well, first of all, I'd find some affirmations that work for you. Create your own affirmations, uh, you know, whatever it is tell, that tell you want yours. to create. Tell me yours. So I have, I have pages and pages of affirmations. I, I keep a gratitude journal, mm -hmm. and every morning I write five things that I'm grateful for and five things I'm grateful for that I haven't manifested yet, but I know they're on the way. Okay. So, and I act as if they're in present tense, as is I've already created them. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm making, you know, $40,000 per month uh -huh. <laughs> with ease and grace, right? <laughs> so uh, writing affirmations are, are a great way to start your day and a gratitude journal. But I would say you, first of all, get clear on where you want to go and then set the intention to discover when... Uh, or to be notified, be conscious of when you are sabotaging yourself. So if, if, you're, um, if you say, okay, I want to know when I'm going into a negative thought pattern mm -hmm. and just, you know, alert me when that shows up. And so you're wandering around your house, you're doing things and you hear, you know, you're bitching in the background and <laughs> stuff. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm in a negative thought pattern. Mm -hmm. Recognition is the first step to change. You can't change anything you don't recognize. Mm -hmm. So by setting that intention and then having that recognition show up, that's the first thing. And then have little strategies to move past that. So when I teach in the Be the Miracle program, I call miracle mode. And it's just when I catch myself in that, that place, I just go miracle mode. <laughs> and it, it, what it does is it changes your state just like that. Mm -hmm. So you can... That's another state change. You, Sometimes you like pattern, snap right? out of it. Yeah. And so miracle modes, snap out of it. Uh, you can have an elastic on your wrist and flip yourself because something about pain makes mm -hmm. you want to change. <laughs> pain is usually but, not a good message. So, But you want to have something that, does, that breaks that state that you're in. Mm -hmm. And then you ask yourself a powerful question. What do I want instead? What do I want to think instead? What do I want to experience instead? Is it valid to also ask why you go into that mode so often? For example, complaining. We have a, a rule here. You don't complain. I hate that. Nashua hates that. But I understand that a lot of people complain because they get attention, right? If you're complaining right. about your day, everything that is happening in your life, all, all the ailments in your body, it's more likely that you will get somebody, oh, poor thing. Right, and pay more attention to you. Then you get the sympathy. So, so you get the sympathy <laughs> and you reinforce that behavior. Exactly. So you need to be aware and right? so, the reason why. Yeah, so one thing that I like to uh, share with people is, 
you know, setting the intention and then having the state change and stuff, that's a great way to change in the moment because it's not always the right time to sit down and contemplate on why you yes. do something. Let me see why I do this. <laughs> but I, I like journaling, especially mm -hmm. first thing in the morning. That's when I'm freshest, but some people like to Good. do it at night. And that's where you ask yourself those questions. What is the root cause? of my complaining. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Was that something that was conditioned in me? What do I want to do instead? How do I want to behave instead? So you might not be able to do it in that moment that you catch yourself, mm -hmm. but just then make the commitment to, with yourself that you're going to do some journaling later on about what the root cause is of that. Because sometimes when we go, oh man, why am I so complaining all the time? It, that why question can sometimes send us back yeah, into trap. victim mode. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I agree. You know, one thing I do, uh, and I think it has helped me a lot, and it's part of what you said, uh, I'm going to tell you a secret. So I used to have this type of dream all the time, that there was something related to money happening that I couldn't control. It was really years all my life I would dream about that, and that really drained my energy. It was not about if in real life I was paying my bills or not, it was the constant fear. And then I think I, I listened to your program right here, <laughs> and I started doing the gratitude. I do in a different way. I do at night, when I, right when I go to bed, and I say, I say out, li out loud three things that I'm grateful for that happened that day. Cannot be, oh, I'm grateful I was born. No, they have to happen that day. And, I'm not, and when something is bugging me, about why do I do this, or uh, I, I do ask, how can I do this different that will produce whatever result I, I'm looking for? Um, I've been doing this, I would say, for three years, three, three to four years. Never once again I dreamt about money, and I'm so happy. Right? Because as much as, yes, I like the money part, I also want to sleep without having to think about it. And it was just that thing about reminding ourselves that we need to be grateful, right? And, and forcing yourself. And in the morning, what I've been doing is talking, I'm talking, I really talk, uh, three things that I expect from that day. Because it would be very easy to just wake up, you know, take my shower, come to a studio, and then deal with whatever, because problems uh, have all the time. Technology is by the second, right? Uh, but then you would set up in that mode of just solving, putting the fire out, and not enjoying uh, not having fires, for example. Right, right. Well, and I really like that you, you do the how question instead of the why question, because the why question, like I said, can sometimes dig us Put back into to our past and mm -hmm. do we really need to go there? Do we really need to know where that, that, started. that started or how can I do this differently? How can I behave differently? How can I, uh, you know, change my, my habit? Mm -hmm. So how to questions are power questions. Why questions, like I said, can kind of lead us, lead us down a rabbit hole of victimhood. Well, it was my parents' fault. It was, you know. And, and then so the blame is on somebody else, right? Instead so of write that down. Uh, how questions. How questions because they are? Power questions. Power questions. So Or empowering questions. questions. Empowering questions. That's very important because it's very easy. Oh, because I was, this happened to me when I was young. And then, oh, I'm a victim, so I don't have 
nothing to do about it. Exactly. Right? And the unconscious mind loves questions. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you ask a question to your unconscious mind, you're going to get an answer. Mm -hmm. It might not pop up right in that second, but it's going it to pop up yes. eventually. You're yes. going to get an answer to that question. I truly believe in that. Paul is asking, I sometimes struggle with pricing my artwork accordingly. It's often lower than it probably should be. I feel like that is a reflection of how I see myself as an artist. Thoughts on how I can change this? Price, price is a common issue. It is, it is. What's the worst thing that could happen if you raise your price? Well, I can tell you, because we have applied this in consulting many, many, many times. Uh, and it, it was such a, a struggle to get the idea through the, the client, right? Because we come with the normal excuses. Oh, that's not how much the market is, or that guy that does the same thing I do charges this much. Nobody's going to buy. What tends to happen is when you increase the price, not only you will get more clients, they will be better clients. And 90% of the time, unless you're just hiking the price because. Right? Exactly, exactly. And you've got to discover the value of your art within yourself and what that's gonna bring to the person that buys that, mm -hmm. and then be able to let them know that, be able to put that in your marketing, be able to, when you're having a conversation with them, let them know how that's gonna beautify their home. Or What's the what, real reason they're buying, Exactly, correct? exactly, and kind of walk them through visualizing how that's gonna set up in their space. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than this is the price, you, you've gotta almost paint a picture for them. Yep. Well, I think we always do have to paint a picture for them because, uh, and, and understand that what we create, uh, what, where is the uniqueness of that? Like you said, what is really going to do for them? Uh, I don't know what, what you make, Paul, but let's assume you, you paint. You're not selling a paint, right? You're, exactly. You may be selling status, you may be selling an emotion. So on an emotional level, what are you really selling to them? Because if we look at our things and we uh, put them in a commodity, it's a paint, it's a sculpture, well, what's the value of that? But what do you bring when people put them, your piece in their home? What are you really, what's the story you're trying to tell with that piece? Right. If I, I, I grew up, my, my father was a, a, a painter and he had a gallery and we used, I used to help him sell because I like selling. But the, the thing was exactly telling the story of the painting and not about the painting, this colors or is what was the idea when he painted that? Exactly. And people love stories and it's. Um, you know, there's a whole thing in marketing about creating a movement, mm -hmm. which is all about the story behind yes. the brand. Mm -hmm. It's the story behind the brand and how it's, it's, you're putting it out there into the world to inspire other people. Yeah. And that's the same thing with your art. There's a story behind what you created and that's what you gotta share with mm -hmm. people is what that story is and value that story mm -hmm. and know that they're gonna value that story. And, and that's a good thing, a, a good exercise, right? To really sit down and start thinking, what's the story behind what I do? Paul doesn't sell art, Shahar doesn't sell courses. It's way beyond that. Exactly. Right? And, but you, you need to be able to define what it is exactly. So in, in a Curious Mondo, we went for conquering new possibilities because I, I, I do believe that 
possibilities are the most empowering things we think we can bring into our lives, right? The moment you have a possibility of something different, you, you can fly. So that's what we sell. They, they, they are courses in the medium they are created, right? But what we are selling is possibilities in your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, another thing I wanna say on pricing mm -hmm. is start small. You don't have to like jump your price up huge, just tweak it up a little bit Let's and see. get comfortable with that and then tweak it up a little bit more uh, and see, just see what happens. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do it, you'll never know. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm quiet because I'm thinking it is so true. Price is so difficult actually because we put variables that sometimes are not important. The most important thing is believe that what you do is valuable to other people and then price according to that value and not what medium you use. You can make something out of paper and you can sell for hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, but you have to have the purpose of that piece. Exactly. Patty Palassi saying, uh, love that advice. Terry saying, I wish my inner dialogue was in a foreign language. <laughs> you should leave one day in my mind with at least three languages inside. Uh, Charlotte saying, yes, how, not why. And Maria Jose is asking, okay, I'm very good at two things. My job and art, love them both. Art is my second passion. But I think I could be so much better if I dedicated more time to it. I'm just scared to earn less. It is always frightening to take a chance and do what you love. I have been offered the chance to work more time on my current job that means earn, earning more. Hard choice. Also have an issue on pricing my pieces of art. Wow, those are a couple of very good uh, questions. Very here. good questions. Mm -hmm. And so, when when it comes to you know, do you take the more time in your job and and less time in your art? You just got to do some inner work and ask yourself, what's going to suit me best? What's going to feed my soul? If I take more time in my business, in my job, which I also love and I'm not doing as much art, how is that gonna affect my life? Is this temporary or is it permanent? Yeah, yeah. Is, it gonna, is it gonna upset the balance? Am I going to, and sometimes you don't know if it's gonna make you unhappy or not until you try it. But doing the inner work first and really thinking about how is this gonna affect my, my life if I choose this? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes what's fun to do is just kind of draw an imaginary line on the floor. You can put a line on the floor and step on one side and that's the side where you, you know, step into the, the more time with your job and less time in your art. Just sit with it, see how it feels. And then step back over the line to where you are now and see how that feels and just trust your gut. Mm -hmm. I love to trust your gut kind of style. Uh, I also think it, it is uh, dangerous to go and say, oh, I'm going to do what I love because that's the right thing to do. When you know beforehand that that's going to be the excuse. I try what I love and it didn't work. If you, if you jump to the other side where there is insecurity, for example, leaving a job to go uh, do only art, you have to go prepared and have to be willing to do everything that it takes in the process. Uh, you have a business, I have a business, and you know that it's just not doing what we love, right? There's right. a lot of doing what we hate as well. Things that you don't like to do, but you have to do. So I am a firm believer that I only live once, so I go for things that, if I don't have joy in the process, you've known me for 10 years, you know that. If I don't have uh, joy in the process, I'm not gonna do it. I, I really don't do it. Because I don't, I don't think I have a second chance to try this again. But 
I always go prepare, and I know you, you too. You take tons of courses. You, you have prepared yourself. We, we've been on this journey together for a while, right? Absolutely. You're always learning. You're always getting ready. And I know you do a lot of stuff that you don't like to do, but you have to do. Right, right. And I always say, um, you know, starting a business is not for the faint of heart. No. no. Not at all. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And you do need to be prepared, and you got to make sure that that's exactly where you want to go. But... I would do, you know, what I would do is I'd do is a side hustle first while you have security. And if if you want to change into that full time, you know, work on the side hustle and build it up first before mm -hmm. you leave your day job. T totally agree. Because, yeah, and you need to know your personality. If you are a personality that you need safety, you need security, you have to think 10 times before jumping into doing just art. Because there is no security in having a business. And, and doing art full time, it, it is a business too, if you're making money out of that. So you don't have that, right? There is no certain date for a paycheck. You don't exactly. even know if you're going to have a paycheck. Sometimes. Yeah, so you have to be careful in that arena. With that said, you know, if your passion is there, get ready, get prepared, and move full force. Because there's a lot of joy in owning your own business oh and doing what you love. But um, if you love your job and you love doing art, I, you know, why leave? Yeah. If you love what you're doing, just make sure you have a balance between the two so that you can love both of them equally and you don't get out of that equilibrium. Yes, true. One last question because I, I know you have to go. Diane Kelly is saying, what to do when you price, you price items at a good price, but they don't sell, but you see the same item, but it's not well made and sell for a much higher price? Well, that's where you have to adjust your marketing, your conversation that you have with people mm -hmm. and show them the value and compare other, you know, comparison can be very powerful in the marketing world. Compare what you're seeing out there in the market and it's not well made and, and you've got you've to gotta show them why they should purchase your product. Mm -hmm. You've got to inspire them to purchase your product. So would you agree with me that the problem probably here is in the story? Mm-hmm. Right, you're not telling the story right, and many times you're not uh, conveying what's the purpose of what you are creating, and that really kills this. There are many things that could kill a sale, but these are two of them. Uh, Tom Shoes, for example, uh, is a great example that he he makes those shoes. Those shoes in South America are everywhere. You grow up with those things, and they are not the the most beautiful pair of shoes you're going to own. But it has a purpose. It has a cause. You, you don't have to have a cause, but in that case, it has, and that made Tom Shoes become what he became. But then they they changed their strategy, and he started comparing himself or the the company to other shoemakers. And that start plummeting the company down. So be careful when you have somebody doing something with less value in your perception uh, and comparing, because that's usually a very tricky road. Uh, I wish a Curious Mondo, I could compare Curious Mondo with everything else out there that I think is inferior, but that would not do me any good. Exactly. So you create the story. You that supports and you stick to that story and you create the purpose for that story. I mean, stories are so powerful. If you pick up a product in a store, like in a grocery store, and the, the creation story mm -hmm. is on the label, you want to buy it, right? Yes. 
Yes. Because you feel like you're buying a piece of something meaningful, and, and even so, if it's a even if it's a can of soup. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I like a kombucha that comes with the enlightening saying every single time. John Soda that they would put their own customers on the picture. That's so many examples, and that's the other thing because you're doing art, you think you're different than every other business. When it comes to the making money part, you're not. So it's a very nice habit to go and study. I, I do this by nature. We went, don't tell anybody, I went to a McDonald's today for lunch. That's a, that's a no-no in my list, but we were there, a new, new store that opened, and we were discussing, that's how I spent my, the time with my daughter, why they put all the tables in the front and not how it usually is, and we found the reason. It's in an area that's not very well attended, so they can keep an eye on everybody that is sitting there while they're sitting. So you have to be studying why other businesses do what they do and see, okay, how can I, it doesn't matter one is sandwich and yours is sculpture. What can I adopt from this, correct? Exactly, there's, there's lessons to learn from every kind of business mm -hmm. out there. Yes, there is, there is. Absolutely. Annette, any final words of advice to our folks? You know, just get clear and be intentional on your growth. Don't leave it to just chance. Mm -hmm. You know, study, read books, follow experts that you resonate with. Ask your friends who, who they're listening to, or just go on and, you know, do some web searches on, you know, personal development, self-development, self-sabotage and see what comes up and just start listening and developing. And then, uh, you know, most of these things, they give you assignments at the end of the chapter or, you know, uh, tools and tips that you can use. Start using them. Mm -hmm. Don't just say, oh, it's a good idea, and then never incorporate anything. Yes. Yeah, you, that's the you've got to use the, the tools that they give you and try them on and see what fits and, you know, then make up your own. And they Don't all be afraid to make weird. up your own. They all feel weird at the beginning, right? Because it's your brain resisting, but stick exactly. to the ones you think could help you. Exactly. And when you find yourself resisting, remember that resistance is keeping you in pain. It's yeah. keeping you in the discomfort. Write that down. Resistance is keeping you in pain. Think about that because, yeah, that happens so often. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, of course, Annette has some courses on Curious Mondo. Being the Miracle is just one of them. But if people want to get in touch with you, where should they go? Um, they can go to my website at AnnettePiper.com and remember to spell Piper, P-I-E, just like the yummy dessert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the best place to find me. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook, social media, yeah. all over the place. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Shahar. And sharing your knowledge. And guys, I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Creativity in Focus. Don't forget, it stays wherever you're watching. So it's a great chance for you not only to re-watch this, but tell your friends about this topic. We all know people that we love a lot. They're boycotting themselves all the time. Come listen. If it only sparks one little change, it starts a process. And that's why we are here for next Tuesday at the same time. Actually, at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Today, we did start a little earlier. Uh, we'll be here again talking about art, interviewing artists, and inspiring you. So I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Thank you so much.